very warm welcome to you from Equa Marketing. This presentation is brought to you by Equa.com, a leader in digital marketing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another amazing episode of the Growing Dentist podcast show. I'm super excited today to have Alex Nottingham with me. He is an entrepreneur and, of course, has a lot of experience working with dentists. He's also the founder of All Star Dental Academy. Alex, welcome. Thank you for having me. Alex, why don't we maybe get you kind of introduced to our audience? Can you tell me your story, you know, a little bit about yourself and why did you get interested in helping dentists? Sure. And and for those that are not familiar with my story, um, I, I started out where my dad's a dentist, by the way, and ever since I was a, a little boy, he told me, you know, son, um, I want you to go to grad school, but don't be a dentist. He says, dentistry is tra- changing. Insurance companies are taking over. Uh, my dad is a pinky trained dentist. He's um, he did, uh, what he did, ex- uh, restorative work on, for those that are familiar with extreme makeover, the, um, the owners of the former owners of Da Vinci studios, he was the one that was selected to do, uh, the work for their own mother. Uh, and, um, so he's a very high level doctor, an AGD fellow and so on. And he just felt that the standard of care and the dentistry was not going to do very well. So he says, do business, right? Learn be a lawyer or something like that. And so I took my dad's advice. He's my hero. And um, I went to law school. I got my MBA as well. I never practiced law, but it's good to know a little bit of the dark side um, when it comes to working in business. But I love business. Business was my passion. And so uh, what I did is I wanted to become a Fortune 500 CEO. That was my goal. Uh, And so I, I ended up working with Tony Robbins. I was one of his Top, I was actually his top business coach for uh, several years. Um, I uh, got the great honor of speaking on stage with Michael Gerber, uh, the author of E-Myth Revisited. I wrote a best-selling book with Brian Tracy, uh, international um, motivational guru. And, and so I was doing all these things as well as working with companies from a million to over 100 million. So I was on my track to, to move towards um, taking over a large company. So while I was doing that, my father told me, look, son, um, my business isn't doing very well. And I says, well, what's happening? And so my, my dad being my hero, I said, well, you know, and I'm, I've worked with huge companies. He said, well, I'm sure I can help your dental office. So can I help? And he says, sure. So I took over his practice. Uh, I started, and Naren, you can appreciate this with your marketing background. I basically fired all the marketing people, and I and I did a lot of it myself, and got good consultants to work on getting um, the phone to ring. Um, and we were able to do that, get tons of leads, but they weren't converting. the The numbers weren't improving. So I'm always thinking about how can I think outside the box. So my girlfriend at the time was a Bloomingdale's. Uh, trainer and saleswoman um, and, and manager, and she had a million-dollar client book. She was very good at what she did. And so I said, you know, could I have you work at my dad's office maybe and help me as this little experiment? And she's like, yeah, sure. I'm, not, I'm getting tired of these retail hours. So we, we brought her into the practice, and a, the team members didn't appreciate this because who is this Bloomingdale's person coming in? They have no experience in dentistry. What are they going to do? 
So we brought her in and she took over the new patient calls, helped with case acceptance, learned dentistry like in a week, all that type of stuff. And what was amazing, within 18 months, we more than doubled the business. We took it from a million dollar business to a $2.3 million business just by improved marketing and great customer service and phone skills. And so that was what kind of piqued my interest where, you know, maybe I could bring this to the masses and other dentists because uh, I love the experience. It was so special working with my dad. It was so rewarding making a difference for him. And I made this assumption, kind of naive, that all dentists are like my dad. They're caring people. Um, they love what they do. They want to make a good living and want to help people. And um, I assume that was the case. And now, after working um, uh, with hundreds and hundreds of dentists, uh, I found, and speaking personally with hundreds and hundreds of dentists, I found that that to be the case. Most dentists are like that. They're really good people. Um, they want to do dentistry with ethics. With um, They want to help people. They want to do things with honor. And um, they also <laughs> don't want to get taken advantage of. And they end up, and my dad, oh my goodness, I can go on. And I won't, that'll be another podcast. But how many times he's got taken advantage of. and and, you know, so it's very rewarding to me to be able to take that and, and bring that to dentistry. And since we since we did that for my father, uh, we'd be able to launch All Star. And, uh, you know, I never became an AGD fellow like my dad, but we are member benefits, the only practice management training company member benefits with the Academy of General Dentistry. We're uh, as well with the American Academy of Implant Dentistry and American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry. So. I say that not to brag about All-Star, but more importantly, the message. Dentists come to me and say, we need, and we're going to talk about what that is as we go along. We need something like this, something where we can uh, train um, with a service-based approach, not sales. And I would love to kind of peel the onions a little bit and talk about your dad's story. So you, you've come in, yeah. you're doing a million dollars, and perhaps he was struggling. You know, maybe he had a large number of people back then. And then you took it to 2.3 in 18 months. What changed? What did you do? Like, you know, I, I mean, like now that you have hindsight, meaning you have done it already. So what did you do with, like, you know, let's kind of talk a little bit more if you don't mind. What a reverse engineer. Absolutely. So what it is is – there were a few things. So first is there was a clear vision, right, of what we wanted to do. And that was me generating it. And my dad agreed with that, right? Uh, and my dad had the vision, but he didn't have the system or the, or the, the resources um, uh, to um, uh, carry it out. You know, he was afraid of his team. He was afraid of getting in there and doing that. So I think having the vision, carrying it out, um, and then the, the other big thing, I mean, marketing is so important, right? Uh, and you're the guru when it comes to marketing. Um, you got to get the phone to ring. But, right. but really, the, the key point was converting the phone calls. Now, one of the things, and we could talk about this more, I'll just lay it out there, but I came up with this concept called the business growth formula. And looking backwards, this is exactly how it played out. All right. And there are four parts of the business growth formula. First is you, you have the prerequisite, which is you have to have some sort of lead generation. It can be internal marketing. It can be external marketing. doesn't matter. It could be insurance. 
But then you have to, and the person calls, you've got to be able to provide them a great experience that they're going to schedule and look forward to coming in. All right. Okay. Now, contrast that with, and we tried, here's the thing, though, going into some details. We tried every system out there in dentistry. We tried the sales systems, the get them in philosophy, which I love to talk about later because I have such strong feelings against this. But we tried everything in there, you know, manip- you know and, and it didn't work. So we decided to say, what does Bloomingdale's do? What do the Fortune 500 do? So we, we put that into how we answer phone calls. So you have to convert phone calls, number one. Then they have to show up. You know, my head instructor, Larry Gazzardo, who is a veteran consultant, he's a, a, a Dawson Academy um, uh, uh, instructor, a former board member, member of the Academy of Management Dental Consultants. He, he's, he's phenomenal. Um, and we're so grateful to have him as an instructor. Yeah, he's a doll. He's great. So Larry... We don't want to get started on broken appointments, but he he teaches a lot for us on broken appointments. But you got it. You got to have patients show up because when they, as he says, if they don't show up, it's a huge drain. It's money taken out of your pocket by these broken and changed appointments. So you have to convert the phone call. You have to make sure they show up, and then we get into. Where, where dentists naturally want to talk about, and I think is the least important topic, which is case acceptance. Because you all talk about, I had to close deals. Well, you can't quote, quote, close deals. I don't like the word close anyway. Um, if you can't have patients show up. So then there's case acceptance, and you don't have to manipulate people uh, if you've done a great job in the beginning. So, and the last step of the business growth formula is, is generating referrals, people enjoying and having a great patient experience though. And the business growth formula is the patient experience. So if you do a great job on the phone, build lots of value, create great uh, experience, they show up, they meet you, case acceptance is really on its way. And then people have such a great experience, they refer. You do those four things well in that order. Okay. You have a great practice. And, 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 I, and, you know, in some webinars that I, I talk about, and I'll mention some later that I do, and I'll just kind of tell you, if you can improve, and you're going to love this, Irene, if you, if you can improve um, each area of the business growth formula by just a net, let's just say, um, I think I say in the webinar, I think it's like 5% each area net you improve, meaning instead of, um, instead of, let's just say, uh, for phone calls, uh, uh, 60% book appointments, if you can get to 65%, right? And then for broken appointments, instead of 80% show up, 85% show up. So each area you improve by 5%, just small incremental improvements, nothing revolutionary. You just improve, you, you just built your practice using math, right? You just improve your practice by 40%. And if you do 12% each area, you double your business. So people say to me, well, wow, how how did you double the business? That's amazing. What did you do? I just improved a few areas incrementally and did it very well. And that's how you double a business. Right. So it's it's compounding, right? So, you know. Exactly. It's compounding. Yeah. 1.05 times, 1.054 times. Exactly. 20%, it's 40%. Or 1.2 times. 1.124 1.124 times is not 1.48, it's two times. Exactly. And I think so many dentists get stuck in like 
get distracted. And this is true of my dad, of course. Like, I got to buy the fancy new machine, the, the, the new office, or my team isn't good enough, or I need to switch marketing companies. They're always looking for this grand thing to, to fix, and they're missing the gold mine is right underneath them. It's right. the simple. It's answering the phone. It's great patient experience and customer service, right? right. And, and I understand why. I'll kind of give it away. Part of the reason why, one, it's, it's not as sexy as the newest milling machine or the newest instrument or newest office. Also, one of the things the ADA says is one of the, the biggest fears that dentists have or stressors is their staff. They don't like dealing with staff. So when it comes to training, you have to get staff on board. You got to train them. Um, but once you get past that fear and you start to bring your team in, they become part of your culture and your vision, right? And so I mentioned vision. You know, according to the Harvard Business Review, 70% of companies don't know their vision. It hasn't been conveyed. And I would say with dentistry, it's more. So if you have a clear vision and you and for your business of being customer service-based, patient service-based, and you and you bring your team on board to that movement, and your team feels a part of that culture. They're going to eat up training, and you can execute on the business growth formula. Right. Let me ask you, curious. What was the vision that you helped your father, you know, create? I'm sure he agreed to it, and and you guys did it together. But what was it? Can you describe to me in two sure. or three sentences? So yeah, yeah. So the vision was essentially to be the the top. Clinical, clinical, and customer service uh, uh, practice out there that that they were going to come in and have an amazing experience. Okay, and obviously we already had the top clinical dentist. My dad was just amazing. On, I mean, he would have prime ministers come. He would have people from all over the world travel. So he had, and he had the clinical background. The other part was was the commitment to to patient service, to having. I mean, when you called and Heather answered the phone. I mean, you felt like a VIP. You, I mean, you know, you you felt like wow. I mean, I mean, it, it was just and people that that know Heather are dentists and people that talk to Heather. Once you talk to Heather, you realize I, I get it now, you know, and you you see the commitment to her verbiage and the process. So so the vision was to provide the top uh, patient experience uh, and. and you know, and to make it like a Bloomingdale's. So we were thinking the Fortune 500, how could we be like that without being snobby, of course. You know, everybody, and I'll tell you something, when I say Bloomingdale's or Ritz-Carlton, I'm not saying that, you know, you have to be a lot more expensive than other people um, or that you have to be a snob, snob in some senses. Everybody, one thing Heather always teaches, and I agree, and she's our phone skills instructor, by the way, for our course, um, is that you treat everybody with respect, even salespeople, everybody you treat well, because you never know, you never know. And she always taught in Bloomingdale's, she would have people that other people, other salespeople would not serve. And she would um, provide them service. And then they should be surprised that these people were spending tons of money because you don't know where, uh, what they have. One, one quick example, which, which happened, we were at a trade show once for my dad's office. And this guy came to sell us water. And everybody in the office, I don't want to talk to him. He's selling water. He's a salesperson. Heather was nice to him. Turns out he was so happy that she respected him. He said he had a big inheritance that came due to him. 
and he wanted to get full mouth reconstruction, like a thirty or forty thousand dollar case he spent in the office, and then referred his wife. So right. you never know. You never know. So when patient experience, we treat everybody with the utmost respect, everybody with service, because you never know, and that creates a movement. That creates a a. That's how we enforce the vision, and that's why the practice did so well. Right. It's interesting. You're talking about mindsets too, right? I mean, even though it's so easy, which is, you know, focus on that making tiny improvements every day and make every day slightly better than yesterday, right? That's something that everybody can do, but they don't. Instead, they focus on, you know, some panacea, you know, let's fire this person, let's hire that person, let's buy this machine, and somehow magically things are going to become right. And it never works out that way. Well, because we're always looking for external things to fix our problem. Right. And the the strength is to look within and right. say, you know, uh, I'm the problem or I'm also the solution and right. I can make it better, you know. And and I know and if I were to <laughs> there, there, there are two things I, I, I um, so, 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 so a couple of things that I, I asked Dennis, one thing I asked Dennis is I, and I ask everybody this is mindset. Let me ask you, is there anything more important than mindset? No, I think mindset is everything. You know, if if you change it's, the way you everything. look at the and, world, and, the world changes. Correct. And everybody would agree with you. Every dentist I speak to would agree with you. And I do this in my seminars too. And so I ask everybody, and they all agree. Then I say, how much time do you spend on mindset? Mm-hmm. And all of them say, almost nothing. Right. And then I say, why? And all I get is a shrug. I don't know. You know? Another thing I do as well is I did research with the Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry uh, my good friend, Dr. Lauren Levine, the digital dentist, in our own list, we, we blasted over 40,000 dentists in the survey. And I asked them, how often do you train on customer service? 1.5% reported once a week. Awesome. You know, um, 1.5% um, was, uh, was like every few months. Um, over 40% was like once a year. And then... Um, it was like off the charts, I think 50 plus percent was like never. So 97% of dentists train less than once a month, if ever. And then I asked dentists, do you think training is important at customer service? Everyone says yes. And again, I ask, I ask, you know, well, why aren't you doing it? I don't know. You know, this is, you know, one of the things that my coach always teaches is how to find these discrepancies. We see that mindset and training is so important. We see that so few are, are doing it. Now, the, the, the opportunity is dentists that are listening and team members when, and by the way, I, 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 whenever I'm speaking, I'm, I'm always speaking to the dentist. And I, I, and I tell you why, because team members, they do a pretty good job in supporting stuff. But dentists are the problem in a good way. You know, I have to shake them up. They need to be shooken up uh, uh, to, 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 to wake up. But anyways, the... the um, um, You're talking about, uh, you know, everybody knows the right thing to do, but they don't actually do it. Right, but but they're not exactly. They're, but they're not. But they're not doing it. And and that is. Uh, oh, so my point was going to be, if you see that that, you know, to be the top three percent, it just requires you. So so few are doing it. There's a massive opportunity, and this is why corporate dentistry is getting into dentistry. Because it's so profitable, and so dentists are inefficient, 
and are not facing these hard things that they're going to go in and take the money. And so what I say in return is my, you asked me kind of before in the green room was like, you know, what's my passion or what's the one thing, you know, is, is my job is to be the messenger for dentists because I, I love my dad. I did it for him and I want to save as many dentists as possible. And so what I do is, 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 is I, I give them the, the message that you can do it. That's my, my message, is that you have the opportunity. It's there. You don't have to be afraid of corporate dentistry. Yes, it's a threat. Yes, there are a lot of threats out there. And if you don't make changes, you will be swallowed up. I'm not disagreeing with that. But so few are going to do it, right? And you only have to do a few things, right, and a few tweaks. And they're not rocket science. And they're not difficult as long as you are willing to look within, challenge yourself a little bit, okay? and put some of these things into play and you can, you'll be better than 97 plus percent of dentists. You'll never have to worry about corporate dentistry because you've made your mark on the world and people, patients love coming to you and refer. And, you know, I, I joke sometimes when I was speaking at a Savannah study club, um, we had a lot of people who signed up and they told me the aim of the feedback. I said, the one thing you said, Alex, I really liked is I said this, I said, I wish for all of you, to be a boring practice. That's what I wish. I would all of a boring practice. And what I mean by boring is you come to work, you love what you do, you enjoy your team, you make lots of money, patients love you and they refer, you go home and you enjoy your life. Right. No drama. Right. No drama. That's it. Yeah, I mean, what I'm hearing you say is corporate dentistry sees patients as a number. You can see patients as human beings and you treat them like human beings. Like your brother, That's like right. your sister, somebody you care about. Exactly. And there's no way corporate exactly. dentistry can touch you. So there's 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 a couple of things that to kind of put to that. Number one, I, I had the great honor great honor here be on your wonderful podcast. I also uh, was recently interviewed by with Dr. Howard Ferran, wonderful guy. And doc, Dr. Ferran made a great great distinction when we were talking about corporate dentistry. I want to credit him for this. He says, with corporate, you're going to lose on price. That's their sign. If you look at like a pie chart, that's price. Don't, don't go to compete there. But you'll win on value. If you can provide more value, because it's hard for them because they're looking at the lowest, the lowest uh, denominator. Now, let me just put a little caveat. There are some corporate practices that are doing it right, that are focusing on services. Not all of them, but most of them are more price cost cutters, okay? The Walmarts of it. All right, so I just want to put a little caveat in there. And by the way, I'm never going to say corporate is bad. They're just a reality of the market. You know, the question is what we can learn from them. Now, the other thing, too, is, you know, with technology, we can now, um, we can actually compete on many things. You know, there's, there's price, there's, there's quality, and there's, um, and there's service. And we used to think that you can only do a few of those, but actually with technology, you can do a lot of those. You could actually, if you're an insurance provider and you're competing against another insurance provider or corporate, let's just say, you don't have to just say, I have to go fee for service. I have no choice. You can still compete in the PPO world or HMO world, but you provide a little extra service. Maybe you call that patient after a procedure. Maybe you make the office fun. Maybe you invest in, in service training. Because that little extra, they're not going to get in the corporate environment. Because corporate is not 
is they're too the negative of corporate is they're too slow to change. You think dentists, y'all are slow to change? Think about a company run by dentists with a bureaucracy. <laughs> so corporate has a lot of resources, but their weakness is they're slow to change. They're not going to go listen to this podcast and go, wow. I mean, one might. I mean, I've had corporate practices come to me and they're, they're executives and, and they want to use all-star or whatever, and somebody's super excited about it. It takes years before even somebody listens to that person. But you all listening now, private practitioners or small, smaller group practices, you can make the change right away. Once you think of it, you can make that change. You have that power. They don't. All right. Yeah, I think we are moving to a world where things are speeding up. So the person who can change faster usually ends up winning, as opposed to the person who, who thinks and overthinks and has to convince 500 people before they can do anything. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Going back to, you know, like we generate, we do it for our clients, meaning do marketing for our clients, and we make the phone ring with organic marketing. So in 2016, right. we generated half a million phone calls for our doctors. And right. I see a whole range of issues. You know, many of them just don't even answer the phone. You know, forget about doing a good job on the phone. And um, in the old days, people left voicemails. They were patient, but in the Uber generation, nobody leaves any voicemails, especially new patients. They're like, right, hey, gone, done, right, right. Next person. right, right. Um, the expectations are so different today than it used to be, and a lot of dentists don't realize that. You know, um, you know, if you know, if just standing on the street to you know hail a car is too much work, you know, so is right. you know, calling and leaving a voicemail and getting back. So they make a lot of basic mistakes, and then. Once they get the person on the phone, they have all these negative mindsets and experiences. Let's say uh, they yes. accept insurance, but maybe not the exact insurance. Because one person right. yelled at them for not being explicit, now they turn right. away every client, you know, hoping that that bad experience is going to happen. Right. That's true. That's true. So after all That's of that is said and done, then you get one or two decent patients, and if they can still get through after you know all of this, then they. they you know, they're struggling and, you know, they're kind of um, barely making it. And, um, you know, and, and then the team is in a negative environment. So the whole thing is like, let's play defense, right? Let's keep our lights on and somehow right. survive as opposed to offense. Right. You know, let's That's figure right. out how do we make it better and better and better every day and every week. I'm just curious, like, how do you get into a practice, um, you know, um, like your dad's or maybe give me another example and start by changing the way they have that initial phone experience. So people are like, this is amazing. You know, these people yeah. made me feel important, which is, yep. I mean, like what Dale Carnegie said, every human being wants to be, wants to feel important. Right? And, and what also Dale Carnegie said, one other thing that um, the name is the sweetest, most beautiful yeah. sound in any, any language, your own name. So, yeah. so actually that's a great point. And, 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 and I think, I want to make a distinction that will speak to this and will answer this question. And really the question is about the approach. In, in, in dentistry, the vast majority that I see of, of, of training, okay, not the individual consultants, but a lot of the companies, is a sales-based training program. And so what that means is the philosophy here, and we tried it, it didn't work, um, is we're going to say whatever, we're going to spend only a few minutes on the phone, We're going to, not that much time, we're going to say whatever we need to say to get them in. It's called the get them in philosophy. So if they call and say, do you take my insurance? 
oh, yeah, 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 we'll figure it out when we get there. All right, so they come into the office, and if you don't take their insurance, they get mad, they post a negative review. But they came in, right, or maybe you do some t other manipulation. So um, it, it's, it's sales tactics to try to get people to make patient, make an appointment, but you're manipulating them. And I think on some areas it could be unethical, but in other areas it's not good business because people are coming in with an expectation that's not being fulfilled and you're really killing your brand. And I think dentists are drawn to that because of it's good marketing and it says, look how great I am and I have a Ferrari or whatever and you'll have it too. But also it, it, it says it's very robotic, which is you can have a team member and a team member doesn't have to really actually engage the patient. They don't have to actually be that educated. They just say, you take my insurance? Sure, come on in. Or we'll figure that when we get in. Or some way where they don't have to have that confrontation, which is hard. But remember, success is doing the things others don't want to do. Success is doing the things others don't want to do, the hard stuff. So, so sales, I think, is a cop-out, sales training. It doesn't work. And it kills rapport. Everything's based on closing to get them in or always be closing philosophy. What we teach is a very important patient pyramid where you flip it upside down and everything's rapport. Everything is rapport and getting to know. It's Dale Carnegie tactics. I have to say, in our program, you won't be surprised. You, you, we, we talk a lot about Dale Carnegie. He's fantastic, okay, uh, as, as a rapport teacher, all right? And so it's a service-based philosophy. And so when you talk to someone, and you have a method where you're, you're building rapport, you're bringing them into, you're, you're getting to know them. Uh, you are, um, it's a lot easier to, to address the situation, okay? And, and certainly, let, let me just give you kind of a tactical thing here. When patients call and ask for a price or insurance, the one thing I want to give you, and there's a lot of of, of steps. We, we have a process called the great call process. We don't have time to discuss it, but I'll give you a webinar you can go to that will teach you this. But essentially, the one thing you want to do when somebody calls is, is they're going to be asking for price and all that. You're going to get their name and we'll teach you how to do that. But we have this process called the transition statement. So if, if, if you're calling for, do you take my insurance? The first, what you're going to say is you're going to say, you know, I'd be happy to help you with that. Uh, may I ask you some questions so I can better assist you or some other verbiage like that? Now, by the way, we are big fans of verbiage, not scripts. We provide verbiage, but we don't, we believe scripts don't work. They sound scripted and they're in, they're not really, you can't handle situations. You have to be able to uh, uh, become a great student, which means you have to go beyond content. You have to be able to implement it. You have to be able to make it your own. You know, I know when I was in law school, you couldn't just study the case. You had to really know it. So when the professor went on to you and started, you have to argue it and they'll give you different scenarios. So you have to be able to be flexible and that's the level you train your team. Yes, it's harder up, up front, but the patient who gets that experience is amazing. So back to the example, we shift the patient and we start asking questions. Well, tell me more. What are you looking to get done? So by the time we've really got to, to, to understand them, we then can later answer their question, but we've become friends, we know what they're looking to do, and then when they call another office, if they don't book, okay, they're going to say, wow, what an experience that I got with this office. You're building a brand, not just that one call. You're building a movement, something greater than yourself. 
So what we teach is building a great business, a great brand, not just tr worrying about the the quickest way to to deal with it. You know, it's a long-term perspective, but the results actually show up pretty quickly. I mean, we were we were talking, I know you were asking about examples. We were working, we have one dentist that says, I don't like this team member, they're my insurance coordinator, they're not good on the phone. We trade them on the phone and they en ended up becoming a new patient coordinator. And in the first week after the training, they converted a $20,000 restorative case by using the process. So I know a lot of dentists complain to me, I have the wrong team members. And my response to you is, you know, are you training them? No. I'll train people when I have the right team members. You may never get the right team members, but you might be surprised when you train the, quote, wrong team members, they become the right team members because you put the effort and the training into that. So right. this is kind of a short, short illustration about the difference between a service-based approach versus a sales-based approach. Sales-based, you're going to get a result very quickly. It's not going to work out well in the long run because you'll have negative reviews and broken appointments. The service-based approach requires a little more investment in time, okay, and, and consideration and training, but the result is going to be bigger cases, patients showing up, and you enjoying what you do and not having to go back and fix it later. Right. Just um, let me think of something. Um, in 2008, uh, I was before I started Acquire, I was running a website called Busy Moms, and I was really struggling as an entrepreneur for the first five years. I was making every book, you know, mistake under the book, and uh, and a lot of things started clicking. And you know, one of the things, uh, one of the books I read was Dale Carnegie. You know, how to win friends and influence people. And there's a quote in that book. He said, "The world is full of people who are grabbing and self-seeking." In that world, the rare individual who focuses on helping others get what they want has no competition. That's right. He said That's it 50 right. years ago, and it's yep. true, you know, even today. Like, we are so focused it's on amazing. me, 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 me. Yes. Not on, well, you know, how can I be of service? How can I make a difference in your life? Yes. What do you want? Yes, that book, it's prophetic because when you read it, you're like, he's talking about this era. So what I always say to Dennis, and I talk about this in our program in the beginning, instead of being a go-getter, be a go-giver. Right. Focus on how you can give. And my friend Tony Robbins, and some people may know him, he says you get paid in proportion to the value you provide. So always focus on not about you, but how much more value can I give somebody? How can I give them more? A lot of a lot of successful dentists that I interviewed, you know, they'll tell me that other dentists ask them what's their secret, and they say, I give the charity. I make you know I get my 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 practice involved in charity. You know, a a, a very a, a wonderful dentist, uh, Dr. Craig Spodak, who I had the honor to interview a few nights ago, uh, has a thirteen thousand square foot. Uh, dental hospital. It's 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 the you know he's actually Tony Robbins' um, uh, dentist and he's phenomenal. But uh, one of the things is that he prides himself is stop focusing. He said this: stop focusing on money. Money is just a a a metric to show what you're doing. Focus on on your your culture on your team, on your, and he even says, put your team, which I agree, above your patient. Take care of your team. Empower them to then take care of the patients. And his whole thing is about giving. 
I mean, his facility is LEED certified, protecting the environment. He he gives money to you know tons of money. They they do all these things, and the team is excited about giving. And so, so that's just one of many examples of dentists out there that are doing this. But you're right. Um, you're focusing on what I can do from someone else, how I can be a go giver, and you you even you even feel better. And we were talking about, um, and this goes to mindset, which I know you like. That there's this in terms of happiness formula. There's there's research that shows that extrinsic motivations like money and status are not they don't create happiness, but intrinsic personal development, which is mindset, relationships, okay, and contribution, those are make you feel better just by doing it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I realized you know, the, the lesson I learned is, you know, um, the more I focus on helping others get what they want, success is the byproduct of that focus. So your success just happens without you even worrying about it. It's true. It's true. And, um, absolutely. Yeah. And, and uh, the second point I like what you mentioned is you can't do it all. So you need your team to be on your purpose, you know, our purpose and everybody giving and working together, you know, like 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 an orchestra, right? Everybody just doing their piece, and um, you know, like uh, because you know, eventually you can't be Superman. That's one of the realizations I came to, you know, not too long ago. Is that you know, I have 200 people. I I cannot, you know, be Superman for 200 people. They need to be their own Superman and Superwoman. My job is That's to right. help them be that that Superman and Superwoman by leveraging exactly. who they are. You know, everybody's different. Everybody has their own unique talents. That's right. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So we talked about, um, you know, we, we, we went all over the place, which is great. But uh, we talked about, you know, how you got started. We talked about, you know, what shifted in your dad's practice, your formula, the four-step formula, you know, make the phone ring. Once the phone rings, make people want to come into the office. And when they Showing want up. to come into yep. the office, help them accept treatment, not sell them, but accept treatment. So it's really... Right. You can't convince somebody to do something. I mean, what's the phrase? Right? You can fool some people for some time, but you can't feel, fool all the people all the time. So the right. only thing you right. can do is help them get what they want. Right? That's what and people it. like to buy. People like to buy. They don't want to be sold. You yeah. become the logical choice when you provide. When you understand what they want, they know they like you. They respect you. You become the logical choice. Right. And then when you do that and then you deliver on it, then they become your friends and your fans. They'll go and tell their buddies and they want yep. you to succeed. And yep. when Apple was about to go under, even Steve was away for 10 years, you know, the fans right. didn't let it go under. You know, they just, it's like part of them was dying, you know, if Apple was dying. Right. So, um, yeah, and they will be there for you, your, your loyal fans. And then they will grow your business for you. It's interesting. And then we talked about, um, you know, the phone call, and we talked about, you know, um, you know, the mindsets, right? We talked about uh, the idea of giving, the idea of, you know, focusing on those little improvements, right? The, I mean, the exponential growth doesn't come from exponential uh, growth. It's rather comes from tiny growth in four areas because it's compounding, you know, 12% times 12% times 12%, right. it's double. I mean, we talked about lots right. of interesting things. Um, let me let me now flip gears here. Um, when you work with a practice, do you see 
like typically people in few buckets like i mean like i mean you you i'm sure you've talked to lots and lots of dentists you know in all kinds of uh, phases do you feel like um people who are struggling because of their mindset so i mean do you feel like uh, is there any, any any kind of because i'm just trying to uh, look at it from the listener's point of view you know what are some of the typical ways you start engaging and helping them how how do how do i help them no yeah i mean saying like do you see like i mean i know one of the things you mentioned is um um like the reason people are struggling i'm saying dentists are struggling is because um they 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 um they they are looking for the quick fix that machine that whatever right. from the external right. thing to fix right right their problems and um it, it, so what are you asking like what is the, what do I see commonality between them yeah, as their exactly, struggle? Exactly. Or, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I would say, and this goes to what we talked about, the 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 big thing is it's all mindset. Okay. So that's the general big thing. But how do we break it down even further? Right. So with the dentist, they're most dentists fit a certain type. They're engineer like artists. They would rather just do dentistry, not worry about having to run a business. But unfortunately, you are the business owner, or you think you are, but you really are. Uh, the people Dentists think they're business owners. They're not. They're self-employed. They have a job. But the goal is to be a business owner where you don't have to work and you make money. But, right. you know, it's kind of they want their cake and eat it too. I want to just do dentistry, but I don't want to deal with the team. <laughs> You don't deal with the team and your marketing, and you don't have patience to deal with. So it's all kind of together. Um, and I, I think it's human nature to want to go to your comfort zone right. and not deal with the, the issue directly. The issue directly with most dentists is they lack a clear vision, and they're not willing to do what's necessary, which is which is stick to something. Right. Okay, and stick to training. They want something outside of them. So they spend a lot of money on consultants to come tell them what they already know, okay? And they're not going to do, all right? Uh, they'll go to seminars. And I have dentists come to my seminars, and I say, I'm so happy you're here. We're going to have a great time, but you're not going to learn anything. I'm going to give you tons of information, more than you're going to learn anywhere, but you won't remember it. Right. Because typically when you, when, you, when you go to a seminar, you bring back very, very little because you forget. And I want to talk about this before we, 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 we get to the end. I, I want to talk about a few things cost of mistakes, and talk about my background as study skills specialist, and I'm going to give you a little secret to training that you can do right away. But I think that that's the thing. And that's to anybody. It's just human. It's, it's, you, gotta, you have to get above your comfort zone. You've got to do um, the, you got to address the issue directly. You can't go around it. You try to find little little things around, and you tape little band-aids here, little band-aids there. That's why dentists go from training program to training program to training program. They have this one collecting dust, yeah. you know. Dentists ask me, I tell them, I said, how do I know, you know, why should I select the all-star? I'm not going to get into that because they they can learn about that more on their own. But I said it's not important. I said, listen, my advice to train, my advice is you need to train. And I'll give you my little secret at the very end, but you got to train. Pick a company that you believe in their values, they align with you, and you stick with it. Because 
I'm going to tell you my program is the best in the world, and I believe it is. No other program like this with the value you're going to get, not even close, and we have more there. But it doesn't mean anything if you don't implement it. Nothing. Right. It's irrelevant. I can go blue my face to how great the features are, but if you're not going to use it and implement it, it's worthless. You know, Napoleon Hill, Thinking Grow Rich, I'm sure you read the book. Yeah. We are all, everybody, you know, we're heard, heard what was a little kid, knowledge is power. Knowledge isn't power. Knowledge is potential power. Right. Right. You got to put that into place. You got to put it into action. Right. right. So, so part of it is recognizing who you are, that you're not that type, that you like to do these things. And if you need help, whether it's a coach or whatever to help you, so be it. Right. But you have to eventually address the issue directly. That I have to, I have to lead, have a clear vision of what I want. No. So I had a dentist that that recently came to me, and he he was doing. I have an MBA program for dentists as well, uh, training, and he was going through it, and he and he skipped the vision and mission part, and he goes, yeah, yeah, I really like your your stuff on hiring, but the vision and mission, you know, it didn't work for me. And we started talking about his business, and I said. Everything that your problem is, you didn't even establish your vision. I said, what's your vision? Well, I want to make $10 million. I don't know. Let's just give it a number. Right. And I go, okay, but that's not your vision. That's just what you want. Oh, right. I said, you didn't do the exercise right. I said, go back, rewatch it, and send me your vision and mission and beliefs. So the whole weekend he did the homework, gave back to me, and it was brilliant, and he was so happy. He skipped the steps because he thought he knew. And I say, follow the process. <laughs> There's a reason it's there. You've got to have your vision. You've got to install that into your team and invest in your team and, dis- and, and stick with it. Don't get distracted. And if you do that, you'll, you're successful. That's the formula. And, and just have to recognize, Dennis, who you are, the struggle is establishing the vision and implementing the training and sticking with it. That's the struggle. All right. Yeah, so you're saying um, it's just our habits and our old comfort zone is kind of what keeps us down. It's, and sometimes yeah. the only way it's to... It's habits. And co- Dentists don't want every excuse not to discuss, talk to their team. They don't want to do anything new. They're scared of their team. I have dentists that say, you know, I'm thinking about your program, but let me see if my team wants to do it first. And I look at them and I go, what? And I, or I think to myself, because mostly, and I'm thinking, why? I said, your team has nothing to do with it. Now, you have to give your team an ethical program. If you have a program that's unethical and sales training, they should push back. But if it's ethical, it's not for them to decide. You're the visionary. You decide what it is. So it's getting over the fear of a team. Because then it's say, I want a team where I come in and they respond to me and they listen to me and they respect me and I don't have to work on, walk on eggshells. Well, that has to be earned. You don't just get lucky and you hire, they think I'm going to hire somebody new and all of a sudden my team culture is going to improve. No, it's you that manifests your team. You have to be clear on what you want and do what's necessary through love and through discipline to make sure that it's set up. No one will do it for you. So that's, that's what I... That's my, my, my soapbox on that. Hmm. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about your program and, you know, how can people learn more? And, of course, I want to hear your secret. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, let me give you this, and then I'll get to. Let me give you this. I, I want to include this. I, I want to be clear with some. I want to give you some quick numbers. Okay, and 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 I'll give you a webinar where it goes into this more. But I just want you to understand that you know Dennis are trying to find excuses. I don't. Why not to train their team? I'm too busy. My team is you know, whatever that might be. Uh, if 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 you're too busy, everybody's busy. The question is, are you productively busy? Um, we ta already talked about my team and their interest level, or I have the wrong team. We already talked about that. But understand what it's costing you. The average office gets 135 new patient opportunities, and you probably know a lot about this with all the call tracking and, and marketing you do. But we found only a third convert to patients. That means 87 are not booked per month in the average office. And if the ADA states that $642 is the first year value of a new patient, this is a regular dental office, general GP, not even restorative. It can be a lot more. If you just miss one phone call, whether it's insurance or, or phone or whatever, one, one call a day, you, just, you didn't handle it right, at 16 working days times $642, it's $10,000 a month you're missing right there. The lifetime value of a patient is 10 years. That month is $100,000 in the lifetime value of your business. That's just phone skills. Then you look at broken appointments. If doctor produces 500 hour, and there's two broken appointments per week, that's 4,000 a month. If you have two hygienists and they're missing four each, it's eight broken appointments per week, $100 an hour, that's $3,200 a month or $7,200. And the last point I wanna add is turnover. Turnover is expensive. People, uh, and, and I don't have this is in front of my mind at the moment, but um, by, Turnover is increased when you're not onboarding or training your team. They don't understand the vision, and so on. The average cost of a, a new of a new uh, employee is 100% of their salary. So a $30,000 entry level employee is a $30,000. So if you add all that up over the course of a year, it ends up being you're missing out from phone skills, broken appointments, and turnover. There's one turnover a year. $20,000 per month or $1,250 per day in lost revenue. That's one crown a day, 20,000 a month, a quarter million dollars a year in production. So I just want to illustrate very quickly, and you may have, I'm throwing numbers very quickly, but I just want to illustrate how expensive, you know, and also on the other side, how much potential you have in these areas. Because the reason I, I'm so hard on this is because I want to demonstrate to, de to Dennis this is where the money's at. This is where you have to focus. Because then it becomes to a point where you reach a certain threshold as a human being and you go, oh, I get it. I see it. This is a lot. This is draining my, my business. I have to make a change and I'm doing it. Enough of the excuses. And here's the answer is I was, by the way, before I get to the answer, one last tease here. In college, I barely got into college. Um, my SATs, I guess, weren't good enough, and I was in probation. And I ended up becoming a study skills specialist uh, in college, and I was teaching other people how to, how, to, how, to, how to study. I graduated with a 4.0 GPA summa cum laude, and people thought I was so brilliant. And the answer, I think, was I knew how to study. And what I learned was do a little bit every day. I would always study a little bit every day, okay? You still with me? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. and so, the, so what I tell Dennis is this. 
and we, this was our theme today about incremental improvement, 20 minutes. 20 minutes once a week of content with your team, new content. That's it. Don't do more. Don't do less. 20 minutes a week. If you want to go to seminars, that's great. Have fun. They're good for team building. But you do your homework 20 minutes a week every day with training on, not clinical, on phone skills, on broken appointments, on patient experience, on case exceptions, 20 minutes a week of structured learning. If you do, if you do that for the rest of your career, it's going to revolutionize your practice. That little one little thing, you'll be very proud of it. Right. One of the people I read uh, a while ago, he said he studied people who are very successful. He said if you study very successful people, they don't do 1,000 things 10 times. They do 10 things 1,000 times. That's right. Do it again, That's right. again, and again, and again, and again. And then, and then people say to me, well, what if I already did the course and I, and I learned phone skills and broken appointments? What do you think? You done? You a master at it now? What do you do? At it again and again. You do it again. You go back again and again and again because they're still going to happen. You're still going to get the same questions. Right. You're going to be, right, I think it's the whole expression, do you want to be a, a jack of all trades or a master of one? Right. Mastery is doing a few things really well. Right. So that's the secret, right? The secret is those incremental changes that you stick with. Yeah. And you don't need to right. do 10 things, just even one thing, just that 20 minutes a, one a, a week. That's, that's it. it. 20 minutes a week. Right. That's it. Don't do more because then you, you don't want your team to uh, lose interest either. You want to keep it where it's, it's doable and they barely even notice that they're doing it and you, and you reap all the benefits. Yeah. Like exercise, keep every day, a little bit every day. Yeah. The other thing I notice is once they start doing it and start working and the numbers start improving, they start realizing you know, the power of this, these things and then you don't need to force them. They'll just do it on their own. Well, and you know, one of the successful things about entrepreneurs, and Brian Tracy, my friend, a good friend said this, um, is that um, key to success as an entrepreneur, and every dentist listening, you're an entrepreneur, whether you like it or not, key to success is having a long-term perspective, meaning you can look beyond the few days or few months. You can look years ahead. And you don't need... You don't need the validation. You don't need to see every um, uh, response to it, like being a go-giver. You might be giving and being great in the community. You might not see a lick of improvement from that for years. But you have the, the vision and that perspective, a long-term perspective. That will separate you from everyone else because you will stick with it because inside you have a desire and it, it's, it's un, un, unbreakable, unchangeable. You have that long-term perspective that you understand this and you'll stick with this without the need of, of, of recognition. You just keep doing it. Right. Yeah. One of the books I read that I love is uh, called Good to Great. And uh, he talks about five principles of amazing companies. And one of them is called the Pareto Principle. And he talks about this person who escaped the Vietnam War, and it's not the optimists, because optimists are like, oh, yeah, we're going to get out next Christmas. Christmas comes and goes, nothing That's happens. Right. 
right. They say, oh, I'm going to get out in, you know, Easter. Easter comes and goes, nothing happens. Then eventually they give up hope and they die of a broken heart or of no hope. Mm. The pessimists, on the other hand, are actually, I don't know if you use the word pessimist, but the people who actually do survive and do succeed are the ones who almost believe that they're there for a reason. There's a bigger purpose. This is going to be their defining yes. moment that they're going to do something with. That's called that's called logotherapy. That's called logo. I think logotherapy. Um, Victor E. Frankel, right. who uh, man search for meaning. He he survived the Holocaust, and he developed a, a psychology system which is, uh, if you have a purpose or a meaning, or you believe there's something a, pur- a purpose behind it then you give meaning to your suffering right? and you can stick through it. So yeah, yes, I, mean, I agree Victor, with that. Victor Frankl, I think, lost his entire family and they did so much. I mean, they would urinate yes. on him. Yes. I and mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Oh, it's crazy. Yep. Um, he comes out of it and he changes the world and he helps so many people, like thousands and thousands of people, you know. And, yep. uh yeah, it's true. I mean, so that having that purpose, having that vision, and then stick with sticking with it. So because if you're if you're the one who's saying, "Oh yeah, I'm going to get out by Christmas," you know, Christmas comes and goes, it doesn't happen. Then you're so you're always the right. extrinsic stuff you're focusing on. It just doesn't exactly. Yeah, just exactly. doesn't work. Nope. I really, really exactly. had a. Go ahead. What were you going to say, Alex? No, I'm just I'm just affirming you. You got to stick with it. Absolutely. And you were saying to me, I mean, just for the listeners. Um, you know, as being a serial entrepreneur, I mean, you had to go uh, years without uh, making money, with struggling, and that you just you, but you kept the vision, you kept it going, um, uh, and 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 that's great. So that's why you're here. Thank you very much. I really had a lot of fun today, Alex. And um, if people want to learn more about you, uh, what's the best way to find out more? And so I know you, you can certainly go to webinar. That you think, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll mention audience. Absolutely, no, 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 absolutely. Well, you can go to allstardentalacademy.com, not All Star Academy because you get a cooking show. All Star Dental Academy, and uh, you can put a link down for the you the, the listeners if you want on your site or just it's very easy. If you go to allstardentalacademy.com, you could either click. We have links of free webinars you can take, or just use the backslash free dash training allstardentalacademy.com free dash training and there's a wonderful webinar called dental practice excellence we go into broken appointments phone skills um, um, how to improve implementation it's it's phenomenal we have other great free webinars but i would start with that one as as your beginning taste and um, that will give you a great idea of of the the material what we stand for and if you want to learn more information about that, you can. And of course, you can always um, reach out to us and contact us, and uh, we're here to to, to, to help you. And um, and that's our that's our goal. Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely put that link for the free webinar so that people can easily you know access it. And uh, to contact you, do they just uh, go to the contact page and uh, just fill out yeah, the form, you could or call, is it a call? You could call. You can email. Whatever you like. I mean. We, we we definitely pride ourselves on responsiveness and, and customer service, um, and 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 yeah. So whatever uh, whatever way is best, you could contact us, contact us through Facebook. A lot of people like contacting us through Facebook. What, what, whatever you like, however best you want to interact, however we can help you, 
you know, whether it's you're interested in our program or you just need some free training, we love to. We have a lot of free stuff too. You don't even have to sign up. We just want to help you and give you the tools to to eliminate, you know, one of our, if you go on our website, it might be a good also um, example. You can read our vision and our, and our beliefs. We want to eliminate sales training from dentistry and replace it with Fortune 500 customer service level training. So whether that means you're buying something from us to do it or we give you free things, whatever it is to, to achieve that vision, that's our purpose. Uh, uh, that's our goal. So, right. Yeah, I mean, I really had a lot of fun today, and perhaps you could come back for another topic, uh, you know, one of those, one of these days. Um, so Absolutely. once again, everyone, honor. yeah, thank you, Alex. Once again, everyone, uh, go to allstardentalacademy.com, and you are listening to Alex Nottingham, the founder of All Star Dental Academy, um, and um, uh, you know, there's lots of free webinars. You can go to his website and you know, check them out and see. Um, which one makes sense to you, and then feel free to contact them. Once again, thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Growing Dentist with Alex from allstardentalacademy.com.